Hey, thanks for taking a few minutes today to tune in. We pray that no matter where you're listening from, these messages are engaging, encouraging, and relevant to where you are on your life's journey. If you are here today, we thank you so much for taking time out of your day. There's many other places you could be today. You could be in your bed. You could be shoveling snow. There's many other places that you could be today, but we thank you so much that you took time to be here. We, we understand that going to church can be this place, a time of like this anxious feelings. And man, I, I haven't been to church for a while. What's it going to be like? Am I dressed okay? Um, do, do I brush my hair correctly? Well, this is the thing. We want you to come as you are and to be changed by God. God wants, wants us to come as our, but he, does, he loves us so much that he doesn't want us to stay there. We've been in a message for the last three weeks called What's Next. And it's a sermon series around the idea of that we all have another step to take. And in order to take a step forward in our spiritual journey, we need to identify where we currently are at. And we also need to identify where we want to go in order for the journey to be as quickly as possible, but as, as, as pinpoint. Have you ever went on a road trip and you're kind of like, I'm just getting in my car and driving. And you drive, and you drive, and you're about an hour in, because you have no idea where you're going. You're kind of like, this is kind of boring, because you have no destination in mind. But when you have a destination in mind, you keep pushing through, because like, I want to get to Disneyland in, in, in California, and I don't care if there's three hours. I'm driving, and I'm driving, and I'm driving. You have a destination, and you say, I want to get there as quickly as possible. And you drive, and you drive, and you drive, because you have a destination. And uh, we had a destination four weeks ago that we started with that we're going to recap. But the series verse has been found in Proverbs 29, 18. It says this, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And for many of us here, you would probably say, reading this, even if you didn't know it was from the Bible, if you said, man, my life just feels like a stumbling. This, this verse would, would attend to maybe the way you're feeling. You're like, man, my finances are stumbling. My marriage is stumbling. My life is stumbling. My emotions are stumbling. My dreams, well, they've just, they've just disappeared. Uh, they, I just, I'm stumbling all over it. Life just seems more chaotic than smooth. If we were to be honest, maybe your life just seems a little bit messy. But I would say that the mess isn't the problem. Your money isn't the problem. Your marriage isn't the problem. Your dreams isn't the problem. The problem occurs when we don't have clarity for something bigger than our mess. And God wants to give us clarity on this path of life, this journey that we're on. He wants to reveal to us this path of life so we're not stumbling. So we're not wondering where we're going. He wants us to attend to what he reveals. Because when we attend to what he reveals to us, our lives are blessed. Now we talked about how this word blessed was, was translated from a Greek word that meant fulfillment, contentment. Like this, this longing that's inside of us is, is fulfilled. It's like we know that we know that we know without, without any doubt that the path that we're on is the right path. And this, this series, we've discovered what God's path for us and it's laid out and broken down in four steps. 
And we approached the four steps in reverse order because we wanted to know where we needed to end up before we started the journey. And three weeks ago, four weeks ago, we talked about make a difference. See, God's ultimate plan for our lives, the destination, the life goal for all of us is for us to make a difference in the world, to make a difference in the people around us. And then not only make a difference in in this world, but make a difference for eternity. And the best way to make a difference in our world is to think about other people. Research has started to show that the people are more content, more satisfied when they actually start serving in the needs of others and not being so selfish. But in order for that to happen, uh, step three needs to be, we need to discover your purpose. See, we were created on purpose for a purpose. God didn't create us and then say, man, what am I going to do with him or her? Sometimes I feel like that, that, that God created me and he's like, ah, I don't know, just do something. No, God created purpose, and then he created, created us to be on purpose. Now, I was reflecting on this, and, and this might relate to somebody else because it relates to me, is that it doesn't matter about, it doesn't matter what your grade 10 math teacher told you about yourself. God has a purpose for you. It doesn't matter what your parents said about you, whether or not you were an oops. It doesn't matter what your worst enemy or maybe even your wife has said about you or your husband has said about you. You have a purpose and God created you for that purpose. In the last week, we talked about finding freedom, that in order to discover purpose and to make a difference, God wants us to get unstuck. He wants us to get over our past hurt. God wants, to get us, wants us to get over the mess in our lives so we can move forward in discovering purpose and to make a difference. And the first step to, to finding freedom is to get connected in relationships. And, and one of the ways at Discovery Church that we want to create opportunities for relationships is through discovery groups. This week, tonight, we're having our very first discovery group for, for those that are newly married, but there's other groups that, would you, while you grab a hot dog today, while you stay and hang out after, would you find a group that works for you and, and give it a try? Maybe your step is to get connected to the dream team and, and start serving on a Sunday, start serving during a week at special events, or start, start serving because in relationship, we start the process of finding freedom, which leads us to the very first step. None of those are possible without the step that we're going to talk about today. If I have one last chance to stand on any stage and to speak in front of a group of people, this would be the topic that I would speak on. I can't think of anything else in the entire Bible that's more important than the topic that we're going to share or listen to today, that we're going to lean into The whole process and journey in our spiritual lives starts with this one thing, and it's to know God. See, I didn't understand this for a long time in my life. I grew up in a home where I went to church three times a week. Actually, I went to church three times on Sunday, probably six times during the week. I grew up in a home that we said grace before every meal. Mom would pray for me before I'd go to school. We do devotions at night. Before a big portion of my life, I didn't understand what it was to know God. 
Honestly, I thought Christianity was a bunch of lists of these do's and don'ts. And if I do this, God loves me. And if I don't do it or uh, don't do these things, he's, he's okay with me. But if I do the things that I'm not supposed to do, then, then he's not going to be okay with me. And then if, if the goods outweigh the bads, then I'm trying to earn, earn God's love. And I didn't understand this. But what I was doing is I was turning a relationship what God intended for a relationship into a religion because we're doing these checkbox things again. And the, one of the major differences between Christianity and any other world religion is that it's not built on what we do. It's built on what God's already done. See, he wants us to know him. And that word know is not just a know up here. It's not just about knowledge. It's not just being able to quote Bible verses or, 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 or know what the Bible says. He wants us to know him personally. There's been a couple of verses over the past month that's been impacting my life quite radically. And in some ways it's a little scary when we live our lives in this place of trying to do all these things things to earn God's love. See, God's love and acceptance is not earned, it's given as a gift. These are the verses that has been impacting my life. It's found in Matthew 7. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive, drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will say to them plainly, I never knew you. These verses could explain me perfectly. And I called him Lord, Lord for years. But many of those years, I called him Lord, Lord, because I was told I was supposed to. Here's what I'm continually learning. Is that God's not looking for my religious actions. He's not looking for me to attend church on Sunday. He's not looking for me to... to give some money to the church. He's not looking for me to open doors for for elderly people and say, oh, God bless you. He's not looking for my religious actions. He's looking for me to know him. See, our our religious actions are not going to, 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 um, to get us into heaven. Knowing him is what life is all about. And I, I thought... Why not, why not give this a discovery translation? <laughs> That's great. As she laughs in the front row. But just, just think, for those, those, that, those that have called Discovery Church home and have been here for a while, let this sink in. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not set up church in a school every Sunday for years? And in your name perform many bicycle tune-ups and even use my truck to pull a trailer full of equipment. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Knowing God is a beginning step to our spiritual journey. It's not about actions. 
See, what happens is that when we start to know God, what could look like religious actions are not coming from a place of, well, I I got to do that. It comes from a place of, I get to do it. See, when, when we start to know God and our hearts are transformed, see, we start to obey not by duty, but we start to obey by delight. We don't start to obey God and his word out of fear. We start to obey him out of a love of a relationship. See, our actions might look similar, but our hearts are completely different. One, our hearts are, 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 are driven by fear, and the other one, our hearts are driven by love and devotion. I learn on a, a continual basis. It kind of seems like every time I start reading a little bit, I learn. So that's a tip for anybody that's still in school, stay in school. I'm starting to realize that people aren't looking for a church. People definitely aren't looking for religion. We aren't even looking for good preaching, even though you can come and find it every single week. (laughs) People aren't even really looking for a friendly small group. What people are really looking for whether or not we can identify it or know it or not, we're wanting to know God. The Bible actually says they set that in the hearts of humanity. It wants us to know God. The word know used in this verse got translated from this word, It's called gnosko. Now, I don't throw Greek and Hebrew in many of my messages, but I've done it twice in the sermon series. See, what originally happened that the Bible was written in Greek and Hebrew, and then it got translated into English. And and Greek and Hebrew may have multiple words for no or for love. But in English, we only have one word for no. So when when we say we know my wife, or I know the prime minister, I know my wife differently than I know the prime minister, but the only word that got translated would be the word no. And in translation, sometimes words get, uh, uh, some of the words have loss of meaning, and this is what's happening here. The word no used in this verse comes from a Greek word, gnosko. And this is a difference Is that it's the difference between, I know Connor McDavid, but I've never met him. And I know Connor, and he's coming to my house for dinner. See, the word gnosko goes beyond an intellectual knowledge. It implies this personally, a personality, like, I, 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 know, I know them, I, I, like, I, I, I'm friends with them, I encounter them, I talk to them, I invite them over. Actually, in, in Hebrew, this word would get translated to like this intimacy between a husband and, and, and wife, and not just sexually, but like when your spirits connect. 
So why is that important? Here's why it's important. This God is the only one that can know us on the deepest, most personal, most intimate levels. There's things in our lives that, you know what, we might not even know about ourselves that God knows. He knows us so intimately, so deeply, that the Bible says that every hair on your head is numbered. For every single person. Now, for some of us, that's easier. Every hair on your head is numbered. And here's the truth about the talk today. Is that we will never find fulfillment in life and true lasting joy apart from knowing God. Maybe you're here today and you're like, man, who are you to tell me what I need? I'm not, I'm not, honestly, I'm imperfect. But I know what it's like to try to live life a little bit without knowing God. You'll find lots of people in this room that's tried to live life without God and it's just not fulfilling. It makes no sense. And when we start knowing God a little bit, it's not that life gets easier. Sometimes life seems to get harder, but we, we have someone that we know that is in control. And instead of trying to control lives ourselves, we say, God, we know that you can control it, and you're taking it, and I can take a back seat to my life. So I'm not, I'm not here to, to tell you that if you've never started a relationship with Jesus before, that you need to. Because I think God can do that himself. But I am here to tell you my side of the story. Man, if I was living life without knowing God, if I could be honest, I'm not sure if Shanley and I would have lasted 10 years. I'm not sure if my kids would hate me or not. If I didn't know God and know that even in the chaos of life, he is bigger. That he will use what the enemy intended for evil and turn it to good. So if you're here and you're wondering what's the next step for you and you've not made the decision to say to God, I want to know you, then that's your next step. And then for those that are here that have made that decision, guess what? That step is a reoccurring step. Every single day, God, I want to know you more. God, I want to know you more. God, I want to know you more. He doesn't want to keep us where we're at. This is a journey, and we're, and we're traveling along together. And that's what makes church so amazing is that, you know what? We're all on this journey. We're all on this process. We, say that we, we said it that you can't have progress without process, and we're all on it somewhere. And we're, sometimes we're pulling people along, and sometimes we're pushing people. And guess what? Sometimes you're pulling me along. Some of us have said yes to the journey with Jesus, and that's where we've stopped. 
It's kind of like getting to the front of a church or a front of a field or a front of a, a justice of peace or a minister and saying, I do to your, to your significant other. And that's where the relationship stops. And for some of us, our relationship with Jesus is stopped right there. Yes, I do, Jesus. I, I, I want the, the, uh, the security of being in eternity with you. And that's where it stops. If that's where, uh, if that's where our relationship with Jesus stops, we're missing out on the, one of the major, major, major parts of living with Jesus. When people say that Christianity is boring, that's probably where it stopped. When we know God, life seems to make a little bit more sense. Today, the step to get to know God is available for all of us. The Bible actually says in Romans 5 and 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we, while we were still sinners, while we were still messed up, while we were still imperfect people, Christ died for us. The Bible refers to it as salvation. We're saved from what we deserve given the gift of new life. But the gift of salvation requires a response. When I bring home a gift for Sophie or Hudson, that's my two kids, six-year-old and a three-year-old. When I bring home a gift, say, hey, dad's got something for you. It doesn't take long for them to shred the paper and to dive inside and for three minutes, really enjoy the toy that I gave them. <laughs> Salvation is a gift that requires a response. And like any gift, we have a choice whether or not we can open it or not. And the gift of salvation is available for every single person all of humanity, all your friends, all your family, everybody in here today. We might, we might not even understand everything about, about the gift and what salvation completely entails. But when we open it, we start the journey. We don't need to know everything about church and, and Christianity. We don't need to know the Bible. We don't need a perfect life before we open the gift of salvation. So we have a choice to make. Would we choose to open the gift that Jesus gives all of us? John 1.12 says, but all who believed and accepted him, he gave the right. He gave the gift to become children of God. Will you take the step into what is next? Whether it's for the first time of knowing him or the 91st time in knowing him. Today, would you reopen the gift of salvation? Let's pray. God, today as we talked about knowing God, knowing you, God, there's no greater message, there's no greater gift than the gift of salvation. 
God, when we surrender our lives to you and we make the decision to follow you, God, it doesn't make everything better, but we can release the pressures of this world. Say, God, you got it. You understand it. So God, for the individuals here today that have never made a decision to follow you before, never made a decision to get to know you, would you help them feel you in this very moment as you tug on their hearts a little bit, that they would make that decision to get to know you today? God, for the, uh, for the individuals here that have made the decision to follow you and to know you, but that's where the relationship stopped, would we take a step towards you again today and say, God, I want to reopen the gift of salvation. I want to get to know you. For others in this room, God, would we just wake up every single morning and say, God, I want to know you. God, I want to know you. God, I want to know you. God, today for those individuals, would you help us understand and open the gift of salvation in your name. There are so many questions that you may have about faith in Jesus. Can I encourage you to explore those questions for yourself? God is not afraid of your questions. Rather, he welcomes them. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play and be sure to never miss an episode. If you find these talks beneficial, would you rate and review them? That would help others get connected to these kinds of talks. Have a great day. We can't wait to hang with you again next week.